Hello, welcome to Jakku Broadcast. I'm Daniela. And I'm Melissa. And today we are going to be going over a Clone Wars episode, which is kind of different from what we usually do. We usually don't break them down. Uh, well, besides in our Mandalorian um, series, we really don't break down episodes like this. But um, we watched this very important episode. Or- <laughs> It's like a set of episodes because it's a part one and a part two. And uh, we thought that it was really important to do this uh, right before the Rise of Skywalker, um, especially given the things that we are like that we find interesting in Star Wars and that we've talked about in our podcast. And yeah, this is crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I was introduced to these episodes because um, one of my friends was like, talking about how there's an episode where they give Jar Jar a girlfriend and he was just basically like you know Jar Jar fucks and like you know (laughs) Jar Jar has a girlfriend and all this stuff and I was just like okay whatever it's yeah but then I decided to watch them finally like a week or two ago and I was like oh my god because everybody here who listens consistently knows that I'm very much of a justice for Padme person (laughs) and there's obviously that big conspiracy about how I think well I think I and like a bunch of other Star Wars fans think that Palpatine was the one who killed Padme and this is like evidence this whole episode is essentially like all the evidence that I need or that anybody needs to be like yeah you can like kill someone like in the way that we will describe in this episode and I told Melissa I was like Melissa watch this I like texted her at like 2 a.m very like late at night or early in the morning or whatever and I knew she wasn't awake but um (laughs) yeah so I think when I woke up I saw that text and I think I rolled my eyes (laughs) I was like oh no here we go But I I don't know I couldn't I couldn't uh, find time to watch it right away, but then like you kept harassing me, <laughs> so after probably like the fifth time, I think is when I watched it, and then I was like, uh, this is actually important, and this is the whole. Why Star wouldn't Wars. I show you something important? <laughs> I mean, but yeah, because I told her because. We were kind of like not planning on doing another episode before Tross and like outside of the next episode we'll do, which is the predictions episode, we weren't going to do any other in between or anything because that's just like overkill. But I think this one is like a necessity in my opinion. Yeah, because I think this is this is cracking. These two episodes basically crack the Star Wars. They crack Star Wars. Yeah, like especially where uh, Padme is concerned. But um, yeah, which is interesting because, okay, let's get into the episode. Mm -hmm. So So what is the background for these episodes? Like when did these come out? uh, They came out right after the Disney purchase. This was part of the season six of... um, This was part of season six of Clone Wars. So I think that these aired on Netflix and um yeah so this was the last bit of episodes that george lucas worked on as an executive producer and it was obviously the last season of clone wars until the next one that's coming out in february of next year but um yeah that's the background basically so i feel like 
given the context of you know george lucas so like this is the last bit of stuff that he gets to work on in star wars like in an official way i feel like these are very important just for that reason so this is episode eight and nine of season six part one and two that we'll be going over yeah and it's called the disappeared the disappeared yeah yep okay so going into the episode we open this episode with um well there's trouble in the planet of bardota like there's a queen who asks chancellor palpatine like the bardotans are neutral they're neutral in the clone war like they're not involved and so they ask palpatine if the queen asks palpatine for some help and he's ready to give them like the best ambassadors that he has and the the camera it actually it's it's really interesting because it pans to padme like she doesn't have a line or anything but she, you see her and um she says no like she doesn't want any ambassadors and she doesn't really want the jedi either to go help and um yeah no so it turns out that she does want jar jar binks <laughs> our favorite <laughs> little guy all people yeah jar jar. she wants jar jar and you know palpatine takes us up to the jedi and like the jedi council and they're kind of like she requested for jar jar and they're very confused and mace windu obviously takes issue with this and he's like you know i don't think that jar jar is enough of a like isn't we shouldn't be sending jar jar for this mysterious event Mm -hmm. and the mysterious thing is that spiritual leaders are mysteriously vanishing so in bardota they have this kind of it's kind of the same thing as the jedi council only they're also force sensitive but they're not they're not into fighting nothing not no part of their um connection to the force is involves using it It, okay so um the way that yoda describes it is that they have a strong connection to the force and then that it's unlike the jedi and the sith and that that they are not warriors and um so yoda continues and says intuition knowledge the harmony of the universe is what they sense passively they connect with the force so um you can already tell that they're very different from the the jedi and on top of that um yoda and mace talk about how these people labeled the jedi as kidnappers like the the goyans the the goyan order they used to send their children to the jedi order but then they labeled them as kidnappers so they had to return the kids and what do you think about uh labeling the jedi as kidnappers melissa um i think it's very controversial yeah well yeah yeah also controversial because you know these jedi are supposed to be like the good guys they always are kind of superficially known as like the good guys as the bad guys um and even like now in the sequel trilogy the first order is kind of labeled as the kidnappers you know so it's kind of a, a crazy contrast for the jedi and also like an order like the first order um but even like in the prequel trilogy, for the things like Palpatine tells Anakin, um, and then even now in the sequel trilogy, there's always like this kind of question of were what the Jedi doing really was it really right, 
or was it just you know their hubris and their arrogance obviously they <laughs> that did lead them to kind of destroy the order destroy their own order by being blind to what palpatine was doing but because of that are they in a way kind of kidnapping kids and um i guess in a way if i had to answer that i would say in a way yes because you know when jedi controversial (laughs) yeah the best kind of conversation um when the jedi even anakin like when obi-wan oh not obi-wan qui-gon went to you know tatooine and met anakin he um i mean he did tell like shmi like he could take him and she did want him to take him um but the thing is like they don't the biggest thing is they, they cut off attachment. Jedi's cut off the attachment from the Jedi and their family. And even though Shmi wanted this for her child, do the parents or even did she really know the extent of how much their child is cut off from the world or even like from their attachments? And is that even healthy? Like, yeah, I mean, to the Jedi, it's it's the norm. Like, you have to do that to become, like, the Jedi you're supposed to be. But as we can see, it didn't really work out for them. Like, so, at least with the Degoyans. And, um, like, you know, I was arguing with someone on Reddit about this because I'm <laughs> off social media, so I have to find my Star Wars fix, you know? But um, <laughs> I basically called the Jedi kidnappers. And, okay. So here's my case. If you go, so like, let's say Melissa had a force sensitive child and Melissa was not force sensitive at all. And she was scared because she didn't understand her child. Let's say I'm a Jedi master and I go to her house and I say, you know, I I can teach your child the best possible, like the best way possible to how to use their force. And your child is currently like one years old, right? But there's a dark side to that in the sense that, first of all, you're never going to see your child again, and at least in a way, like, unless some Jedi, some, somehow they run up on your planet, um, you're never seeing your child again. You're never going to have contact with it. You, you won't. I'm going to try to take the connection that you had with it away because that's why I'm taking him at, or your baby at one years old. And on top of that, you your kid doesn't get any affection in the motherly sense from the Jedi because I'm forbidden attachment. So um, I don't think that's very fair. And yes, Melissa may have said, yeah, you can take my child because I'm so scared, (laughs) but I'm putting her at a disadvantage because I'm Mm -hmm. making myself superior to her because I know the force more. And ultimately, the Force doesn't belong to the Jedi, which is with exactly what Luke Skywalker said. I think even Ben, like we could we could look at this kind of in a lens of Ben Solo because Leia and Han did not understand Ben, even though Leia had the Force. For with Ben, I wouldn't I wouldn't so much call that a kidnapping. No, because he no, still course. had. I think it's alluded to that uh, Leia still had connection. Like she still still was able to talk to Ben up to a certain point in their lives through. I think that was said in Bloodline, right? I know she sent a message to Ben, but it never was kind of said that they were talking back and forth. Okay. 
Yeah, well, I mean, like, given that it's Luke, I doubt he would be like, you can't talk to your mother. But it was a traumatizing event for him to leave, you know, to go mm-hmm. to teach to his um, uncles and be separated from his mom. Like, that's isolation. Um, but, yeah, in terms of, like, Anakin, I think it's even worse just simply because, you know, he doesn't know any like he was a slave shmi was a slave Mm -hmm. shmi never knew when she was gonna get out of the slavery so that's why i think it's like not it's not a fair trade like i'll give you my child and yes you might give it a better life but ultimately is it a better life because they are forbidden to be like they're forbidden to love and i think that's crap and that's why i'm like I don't know the Jedi I I, I I really hope they continue past this trilogy but obviously not in the same way as the prequels but I don't think they were good guys at least in terms of how they treated their ch- the children like it's kind of horrifying like yes mm-hmm. your parent may not want the child because it's, it's force sensitive like that happened with Dooku but also like maybe your parent is just scared and they make a decision mm-hmm. that will change their lives forever like and they had no background on what actually that would entail and emotionally how horrifying it is that's why you see it in you know in the jedi students who are like they are in contact with their family or they know their family so like dooku and anakin you see how they fall because it's like you're 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 taking away like something that all human all humans need like all humans mm-hmm. need love and attachment and family i mean it doesn't necessarily have to be your blood family but like the jedi weren't trying to be a replacement family for these kids right no yeah i think you know the de- the jedi just had and we don't really know how the degoyans their kids how they felt it was kidnapping. We don't really know why they felt that way. Yeah, we could only just infer based right. on how we've seen the what the Jedi do. But right, but yeah. I think either way, the Jedi their methods apparently, you know, obviously they didn't really, they weren't the best. <laughs> yeah, and I best. think that Dave Filoni putting the, I don't know who's the writer of this episode. I'm sorry if you want to look it up. Go ahead, Melissa. <laughs> but I feel I feel like the writer of this episode put that to the forefront for us to like think about it you know it's like yeah "Hmm, that's an interesting like thing to think about but yeah we can move on from this okay so yoda is talking about how the dagoyans were labeled as kidnapped the dagoyans labeled the jedi as kidnappers and you know how the queen wants um jar jar and mace thinks that it's unwise to send jar jar alone which is already like very conceited and it's kind of like you have a big ego like you don't think that this queen knows what she's doing and for all intents and purposes this queen is connected to the force just as the jedi are and they're already doubting her judgment based on you know how she wants jar jar and it's i don't know i find that interesting because it's like who are you to (laughs) judge what the queen if the queen's request is good or bad and i think the fact that palpatine also says yeah it is unwise to send jar jar it's like (laughs) hmm, um it's interesting nobody trusts jar jar it's like if palpatine wants you to do something you know that you're playing right into his game so (laughs) yeah i think um 
I think everybody underestimates Jar Jar. I think it's pretty funny how the queen, Queen Julia, it seems like she has complete trust in Jar Jar. So obviously she feels like that for some reason, other than she just likes him, you know, loves him. Um, so I think the Jedi should have taken that seriously right away. I mean, to them, Jar Jar is just a goofball. But Yeah, but they don't know, know the queen. Like, I no. mean, I guess that's also why they doubt her, but... It's kind of yeah. like you guys aren't in charge of all these kind of things. Like the Jedi are, are not supposed to be some like soldier kind of. They're supposed to be what the Dagoyans are, but you know, the they're not passive with the force. They're, you mm-hmm. know, the opposite of it. They're active like in fighting and all that stuff, which is another thing with the Jedi. It's like they lost their way. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, Mace volunteers to go. And so he ends up going, and next thing you know, we are on a ship with Mace Windu and um, Jar Jar Binks, and he says, the queen is Misa Palo, Misa knowing her for a long time, and um, and then we go to the uh, Bardota, which is the planet, and immediately the welcome party, the guards, they hate Mace. They're like, a Jedi, you're not supposed to be here. The queen didn't request for you. And, you know, Jar Jar sticks his neck out for him. And he says that basically he's his servant, his humble servant. And I think this actually happens a little bit after. But they definitely, before they go into the throne room, they take away the lightsaber. Which shows you, like, how much they're, like anti-violence and everything and mace is kind of like angry this whole time because he's, <laughs> he's being lo- so mad he's looked as inferior to jar jar and um, like for the first time it's like jar jar's actually put above a jedi or like you know somebody yeah. like mace windu like <laughs> could you imagine like if yeah, they were mace back windu on is... like coruscant and they put like yeah, somebody jar like jar jar, jar above them all yeah, yeah but like mace windu is kind of like the worst so yeah no and <laughs> then don't like mace windu uh, yeah i don't like mace windu um this is the second time we're recording this because of uh, reasons and the last ep- the other episode had a lot of me complaining about mace <laughs> so you guys are spared from that but maybe not okay so after their welcoming committee like takes away the lightsaber they finally go into the throne room and the queen's throne room is um oof well the queen is in the center and then the mystics are are all around the queen and it's filled with like sun imagery and um flower imagery and heart imagery like Mm -hmm. yeah like the middle where you know the subjects go to speak with the queen and the mystics is filled with like hearts which is interesting because it, it made me think of the Raylo theory about how there's hearts everywhere oh, in yeah. um, The Force Awakens. Like their eyes, their heart eyes. Yeah, and like also in the, the trees and stuff. The flowers, like there's a lot of lotus talk in the Raylo community. Oh, yeah. And Padme, like mm-hmm. Padme. Yeah, yeah Padme. Definitely. Yeah, but um yeah no i found that super interesting because uh the throne room is like where the dagoyan order meets i guess and they're right by the queen and everything they're in a circle so mm-hmm. um yeah i definitely found that interesting because it made the the force it made the way the vibe of the place was very like chill very um airy like a-i-r-y airy and mm-hmm. um it's way more you know, laid back than like the yeah. Jedi temple, you know, that's very 
it kind of is kind yeah. of very i don't know i don't know how to describe it It seems kind of cold in a way the place that the order sits is kind of like snobbily above everything and i mean these people are also above everything but all the decoration makes it seem more like homely like more mm-hmm. yeah. like more like less intimidating like remember in the phantom menace when um anakin goes into the room and it's like he's cold and scared it's just not welcoming but i feel like this is more welcoming but not to mace and so here jar jar has to the queen is already like she's mad that mace windu is there because she didn't want any jedi and you know jar jar has to stick out his neck and he says that um mace is his humble servant (laughs) and you know mace is pissed he's like mad because he has to be someone's servant and it's like okay calm down right now like (laughs) well you know like the jedi are used to being like the most commanding person in the room you know like they are they are the the person that directs what's going on Uh, especially during the wars and everything like they were considered like generals you know and then here mace is kind of like lowered down to a humble servant of Jar Jar of all people yeah I mean like (laughs) I definitely get it and I get why he would be like that but I feel like you don't know what's happening right now why are you going into the situation pissed off right (laughs) like that's not gonna help get in the good graces of the queen so then she kicks him out Mace is kicked out and he's told to wait in the antechamber and then I guess he goes, right? Mm-hmm. So then the queen tells Jar Jar that there's a prophecy that's coming true. She says, an ancient prophecy is coming true. <laughs> the Goyan masters are disappearing one by one. If they are not returned, a darkness will arise that will engulf the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And from this perspective, like this ancient prophecy, it kind of makes me think about how order 66 like the dagoyan masters you could replace that with the jedi masters are disappearing one by one if they are not returned a darkness will arise that will engulf the galaxy and Mm -hmm. it kind of makes me think about how necessary that the jedi are to keeping the balance um you know i have a lot of complicated feelings about all this but obviously the all i know that for sure is that the prequel jedi were not you know the way that the jedi were supposed to be Right, like, well, yeah, they are the lightsaber, the lightsaders, the light siders in this part of the story. So they do balance that side of the scale in that moment in the story, For sure. you know. And um, okay, so we find out that you, the queen and Jar Jar actually have a romantic relationship, and Jar Jar is her boyfriend. Like, they actually kiss. <laughs> they and- make out. Yeah, they kiss. And she says, come meditate with me so our minds may be as one. And then they kiss. And it's so funny because the meditate with me part is so funny (laughs) because obviously it makes you think that they're going to go do it. And they don't, but they're actually shown to do yoga. But for a little bit in the episode, you don't know what's going on. (laughs) So it's like, because she also says, come meditate with me so our minds may be as one. And um, this part made me think of Anakin and Padme because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think they ever meditated together. Like, I don't like 
they they probably didn't have a reason to think that meditating would be beneficial for their relationship because meditation was seen as something like that the Jedi do. But right. you never saw them take part in those kinds of, you know, couple well, yeah, therapy kind of rela- <laughs> uh, relationships. Yeah. Well, yeah, like Padme wasn't familiar with all those things. That's why Revenge of the Sith was basically marriage story in Star Wars. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's not one to one. But what were you going to say, <laughs> Melissa? Sorry. Oh, no. I was saying, like, you know, the way that the, the Goyans view the Force is, like, anybody can use the Force. They're all... They all can use it. They're all connected. And it seems like the Jedi and the people who know that who are not a Jedi, but they know of them, they kind of feel separate still. You know, like Padme doesn't meditate. She doesn't do anything. That's yeah, like the Force is seen as something that only like Jedi have. There's a divide. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing that Luke said in the last jedi that the jedi that the the force doesn't belong to the jedi the light side right. doesn't belong to the jedi and at this point in the story a lot of it is kind of like yeah they do own the light side <laughs> yeah so there's just a difference of beliefs there but i think it's really it's a big difference for yeah because as much as they preach that the force is in everything like i'm pretty sure that the jedi like mace windu does know that the force is in everything but it's they not don't like... really act like it <laughs> yeah no they don't this is just like an anti-jedi episode <laughs> yeah i mean i'm like i said i'm pro the jedi it's this thing it's just not the the prequel jedi are not my cup of tea <laughs> This actually is a great way to lead into the next scene, which is Mace Windu. He's like pacing back and forth around the room where the queen and Jar Jar are. And so basically he's speaking with um, he's speaking with Yoda through like their little FaceTime thing. Their Um, FaceTime. They have like this. uh, What's it called? Do you know the formal? Like a a hollow. Not a hologram, but. Yeah, like it. It is a hologram essentially. It's not yeah. a Star Wars term. I feel like there's it, a name for it though. I just don't know it. Probably, it doesn't really matter. She's he's basically discussing, um, you know, what's going on with Yoda, and mm. he tells Mace Windu tells Yoda, a great disturbance in the Force here, and Yoda's like such disdain for the Jedi there is on Bardota, a good place for evil to hide it may be. Yet remember. Drifting within the flow of the living force, the minds of the Dagoyan masters are. Essential this connection is, whether friend to the Jedi, they are not. And I found this I found this sentence so arrogant from Yoda. He basically implies that because there's so much hate for the Jedi, that it's a good place for evil to hide. Like the the planet of Bardota mm-hmm. is a good pl- place for evil to hide because of the way that they hate the jedi which is so dumb because the jedi basically like the sith are hiding with underneath the the jedi's noses and they don't even know it yeah it's kind of like saying like well if you're not with us you know with the jedi then you must be against us and yeah and like there's something that's bad that's gonna happen because you're not connected to the force like we are 
Right. And I think that the mention of the living force is so interesting because remember the first sentence, kind of the first few sentences inside of in the Star War, like if you're watching them from episode one on, is be mindful of the living force. And that's obviously Qui-Gon speaking to um, Qui-Gon speaking to Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the living force is really important. Okay. So then um, th- they continue to speak. And Mace is basically mentioning how the queen has been alone with Jar Jar for some time. <laughs> and then, you know, Yoda's arrogance once again. And he's arrogant once again. And he's like, the innocence of a child this Gungan has perhaps appealing to the Dagoyan mind he is. His mind is Yoda. That's so insulting. Says, and he says, and then Mace is like, well, my mind would be more at ease if I knew what they were up to. That's so insulting towards Jar Jar, though. It's like saying, like, you're not, like, Jar Jar is pretty much like a child. And he cannot And also this. to the Dagoyans, it's like, you don't think that they're able to find something significant inside of, with Jar Jar? Like, you don't think that a connection with Jar Jar can, like manifest into something significant like clearly it has because they're in a romantic relationship but the jedi are being like well we're better than him so i don't know why she's so focused on him yeah yeah they do they really don't understand like their fascination with jar jar yeah and then like okay so the next scene we see that they're literally meditating they're doing yoga and it's really funny because they're very tall and lanky so the animation is really funny the way that it's shown like that they move at least in my opinion (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm actually like thinking about maybe there's probably like a real big contrast between like um jar jar and the jedi like they're very different. Like I think I wonder if the I wonder if George Lucas or the creators try to contrast Jar Jar, who is like has let's say a mind of a child, but that's not a bad thing. It can't it doesn't have to be a bad thing where he's very honest. Even in the prequels, Yoda's like the mind of a child or wonderful the mind of a child is or something like that. Yeah. And right here they're making it seem as if it's if it's like I mean, I don't know. Maybe they think it's a good thing, but I feel like they're doing they're saying it in a condescending manner, right? So I think they really wanted to show like, hey, Jar Jar's actually like the best out of all of these people because he's real, he's honest, he does his best to help people, and the Jedi are yes. kind of like being grumpy old people, <laughs> grumpy old men, and I think that's great that the way they contrasted that, definitely. And that's even said, like, Queen um, Julia. Is it Julia or Julia? Julia. And that's even said, like, Queen Julia is like, I know you will be able to help me in ways others cannot. And then Jar Jar says, Misa hoping so late, my milady. And um, then we show, we're we shown Mace again, and he's trying to do Jedi mind tricks on the Dagoyans. And they're like, you know, the, you know well enough that you shouldn't have done that, Jedi. And, you know, Mace continues to pace back and forth in a sense that it's kind of like Maul, like Darth Maul in The Phantom Menace when he's pacing back and forth. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I think I think that was like a direct kind of parallel because, you know, when Maul was doing that, there was a barrier. And here the the door and the guards are a barrier for him and, you know, the queen and Jar Jar. So. Right. Right. Hmm. 
So Queen Julia tells Jar Jar that she says, discovered a terrible secret buried within the ripples, rippling waves of the force. And then Jar Jar kind of interrupts and is like, all right, maybe it's better to get Master Mason here to hear this. And she's like, no, 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 Jar Jar, only you. I cannot trust the Jedi with this secret, which is pretty cut, cutting from that. This is that's pretty telling, like. The Jedi are kind of, you know, they're supposed to be peacemakers and they're usually like the elite group that, you know, governments and whatnot try to bring in if there's something terrible going on. But here she's literally like, no, this is only you, Jar Jar. Only you can do this. Which I guess if you want to, if you want to think about it in a larger context, you know, like for, obviously we're going to get into the larger stuff later when we get more into the prophecy and things that happen with it but it's almost like the jedi cannot do this like whatever this is that must be saved and what must be fixed or you know done it cannot be the jedi it could only be somebody like Jar Jar in a and obviously not like Jar Jar exactly but somebody who well has, I mean yeah in this case it is Jar Jar yeah in this case yes but I'm talking about in the larger context of like the galaxy you know how somebody like Jar Jar who is honest who who loves people who you know he's he's he is he he is him he does he doesn't pretend he is who he is and only somebody like that can truly like Save a pure at heart person. Yes, which a is pure at it, heart. You got it. Like it reminds me of Rey. Like she doesn't have all the baggage that comes with like being a Jedi and coming from the legacy of the Jedi or studying the Jedi. She's just like Rey from Jakku. Right. Mm-hmm. So then right after that, Mace comes in and he kind of breaks up the conversation and Queen Julia was about to tell Jar Jar what was going to happen, but... Mace comes in and Jar Jar kind of like, all right, well, I'll take care of Mace. So they both walk out together and Mace Windu's like, what do you think you're doing? Where were you last night? Which is kind of funny because it sounds like they were doing something they shouldn't have and they were like caught in the act. Um, but Jar Jar's like, doing? Misa loved the Queen Julia. What's so wrong with that? And he's like, you're jeopardizing the mission. And he's like, no, no, Master Jedi. Misa, love for beautiful Julia is the only thing starting the talks. It's crazy how Jar Jar is saying, like, because I love Queen Julia, we're actually getting somewhere. That my love yeah. for her doesn't mean nothing. I'm not jeopardizing anything. Yeah, because obviously the Jedi view attachments as wrong. And mm -hmm. they're like, I think this is why they think attachments are wrong, because it'll jeopardize the mission. Like, mm -hmm. in... Attack of the Clones, you know, um, Obi-Wan tells Anakin to make sure that his um, personal feelings don't get in the way of what's happening. Like, I think this was right after Padme fell into the sand, like from the <laughs> ship, yeah. or it might have been mm -hmm. before, but it was because of that. It was because of Padme that he tells Anakin this. And it's like, you know, love isn't something that you should, you're supposed, you should be like rejecting in that sense. Like, this shows, like, Jar Jar saying this is, like, very simple, but it's also completely radical to how the Jedi think of, um, you know, being in love and how that impacts missions and everything. 
Right. Like the Jedi see it as a weakness, but here Jar Jar is saying it's a strength. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So after they say that, he goes back in to talk to Queen Julia and he discovers that she is gone. No. No. And then this next part is like they're in the throne room again. Yeah, they're in the throne room and the uh, the men all around there say like the prophecy is being fulfilled as it is written. First the Degoyan masters disappeared and now the queen. If she does not return in three rotations, I'm afraid she will be gone forever and an era of darkness will rise throughout the galaxy. So this wow. is actually... We interrupt this broadcast to <laughs> freak out about canon out. Star Wars quotes. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. First, like, let's break prophecy down. What do we know about prophecy? Is it always interpreted right? Interpreted right? Or, mm-hmm. like, is it necessarily and- about... Is a prophecy that's given to someone necessarily about what they think it is? Like, is it? No. No. And even in as said by Master and Apprentice, sometimes it is the it is kind of prophecies are like read wrong, but it's it's how do I even say it? Prophecy is interpreted based on what's currently happening in your day to day life right but even they said uh qui-gon said that in master and apprentice that sometimes you are meant to interpret a prophecy incorrectly so sometimes the force will kind of direct you to not read it correctly i don't know how to explain that but (laughs) it seems like maybe the degoyan masters might have no they definitely did this is definitely about the jedi and not the the degoyans because as we know from this episode every the prophecy was not fulfilled in that sense but it was fulfilled in the jedi sense because let's break the prophecy down so currently what we are told is that um first the the degoyan masters disappeared we know that the jedi all perished in order 66 well not Mm -hmm. all of them of course there's a Quite a few that survived, but in this general sense, the Order died. Like, the Order was killed off, right? Mm -hmm. The Jedi disappeared, essentially, because they went into hiding. Right. And and then it says, and now the Queen. So first the Jedi and then the Queen. We know Order 66 happened before Padme died. And Mm -hmm. then this last bit... If you guys remember, we're very into like reverse Anidala reincarnation theory. And it says, if she does not return in three rotations, I'm afraid she will be gone forever and an era of darkness will rise throughout the galaxy. And what do we know? That Palpatine, like, he's still alive. So the era of darkness never ended, essentially. Um, obviously it kind of went away for a little bit but it came back and you know reverse anadala slash reincarnation is kind of like um basically that padme she died and i think palpatine took the living force from her and somehow the like when vader passed away and died when vader 
finally like he saved luke and then he you know he was like okay well I'm, it's time for me to go now <laughs> and died <laughs> then like everything went like the forest kind of like spit them back out in a sense is reincarnation mm-hmm. so um that's essentially it if you guys haven't listened to um there's an episode for what the force and it's good and i think we always plug that episode but if you want like some hints about it it's like not hints but like people actually like talking about it in like a deep way they talk about it and we've talked about it in episodes but it's like um not in depth well i mean in depth but not like in a like we're talking about this topic kind of way so yeah um yeah i think rotation we talk about three rotations yes we can think of three rotations in terms of also three trilogies yeah Um, and um i wanted to do decades as in like could this fit decades but the ray wasn't born like she was ray was only born like 32 or 36 years after padme died so it didn't quite fit in that sense but it does fit in the sense of three trilogies because there are three trilogies but yeah i think this could mean three trilogies palpatine has been at work for that long too and you know i think they're trying to say that if this is not rectified if the queen aka padme is not returned after three rotations it'll be darkness for you know yeah ever and here they mean days right rotations around the sun but like it could if you're if you're looking at it in terms of the meta contextual sense it could mean decades we're just like trying to make it fit but it does fit (laughs) like that's the thing we'll talk about it more but it does fit yeah so this is a big like hint for this for this i think this next movie too and the reason why I think it's kind of like, and now the queen, I think the reason they're emphasizing queen and I, why I think that they're referencing Padme is because she's shown in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like she's just an afterthought. She's actually, she they're remi- shown. They're reminding <laughs> you of her. Right. For some reason. And so, you know, Mace asks them, asks Jar Jar to ask for the origin of the prophecy. And he says, okay, so this is also really interesting. Um, So Jar Jar asks for for the origin of the... Jar Jar asks for the origin of the prophecy. And they say that they are the words of the Ferengal clan who worship to Malmoral, um, the ancient demon of our faith. The, their ancient shrine is located under our present day temple far beneath mm. the surface it is a cursed place an <laughs> evil place no one who enters those caverns ever returns doesn't this remind you of how the in dooku jedi lost they have the sith artifacts underneath the temple and in vader immortal yeah obviously there's the and i think this is there's the white castle that's under vader's castle Um, Mm -hmm. and this is a thing that like kept happening in history like the castles under like the sith are uh, yeah temples under the jedi temples like they buried it i I believe that there's an episode that there's an episode of resistance when in um 
it's it's like three three four weeks ago where they go to a jedi temple and underneath there's a sith temple as well so yeah i think it's it's common pretty common yeah that the jedi have often built their own temples over the sith Sith temples kind of as a way to block or cover up the sith you know yeah and like if we're looking at the 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 Goyan order as the sith or as the jedi order then the um you know the frangal clan who worship to malmoral um they could like be like the um sith so then they're going down into the cave and mace gets his weapon back and um so they're split between you know where they're going and it says that the frank this is a really interesting quote so it says that the frangal clan they ruled the Bardota with an iron hand for most of its early history. They were warriors. Some would call them barbarians, but in fact, they were men and women of spirit. So this is like the Sith. They're kind of like a tamer version of the Sith because I could see the, how the people will call the Sith barbarians, but right. like the Dagoyans who are also calmer than the Jedi. It's like they're women, men and women of spirit. So they, you know, they they were spiritual. And I mean, the Sith are as well. So, I mean, they definitely had their temples. So, right. So after this, they go down into like the tombs because that's so they say that the uh, the Frangal are located. And that's where they actually see some like there's like a lot of like ancient designs too, like inside. And that's where uh, Mason kind of, and Jar Jar kind of split up, right? Are they kind of... Oh, no, no, no. Jar Jar kind of gets lost in a way and he gets separated from Mace. And that's when he sees like this kind of person, like a, another Frangal. And he like blows this blue dust in Jar Jar's face. And then Jar Jar be- disappears. He disappears, never to be seen again. And, yeah, no, okay. as you do. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he disappears. Mace hears Jar Jar like screaming, and he tries to kind of save him. And he's kind of like trapped behind this like stone, stone like big stone door or something or barrier. And he just he can't get to Jar Jar. Yeah. So then from there they take Jar Jar to like these cages, and it's yeah, om- you know they almost- hang him up. They hang out. You know, this whole scene kind of reminds me of the Temple of Doom, like Indiana Jones. Yeah, for sure. Because this is all like sacrifices and very like old type of like, you know, like sacrifices and like, I don't know, these ancient spiritual like things. And I don't know. But yeah, it seems very Temple of Doom-ish. So they are, he like... Jarger's like about to be sacrificed, <laughs> and he also in the other cages that he sees, he does find the other missing mystics that have disappeared, and he—they're all in the cages, <laughs> and um, they're all being like taken to this area of the like temple underneath, and Jarger's—he um, sees what they are able. He they they say Jarger like Jarger. They are stealing the force. They're stealing the force within us. Yeah, I think this is whenever he sees the queen, probably. I yeah. mean, it's not important, but basically, like, they 
if Jar Jar finally sees all the the Goyans who were like right. taken, and the Queen, she sees she's kind of um she's kind of doozy like she's kind of not in, like full in her full like she's not fully like aware of her surroundings, but she sees Jar Jar and says that they are stealing the Force from within us and. I don't know. What do you think? Like, did you know that they could steal the force? Like, I actually didn't. steal the force? I did not. I mean, I know you can do weird things with the force. Like, you can essence transfer. You can cut yourself off from it, blah, blah, blah. But stealing it from another person? You know what it reminds me of? It reminds mm-hmm. me of Avatar The Last Airbender. How he can steal the... Um, because yeah. he's pure at heart, he can steal the Ozen's... Um, I think it's Ozen, right? The best Ozai? Ozai. Ozai, yeah. Ozen is a comet, but um, <laughs> they can steal his actual bending abilities. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think they even they even show us how they do it. Like Yeah, they, they put them mm-hmm. It's kind of like a Death Star device, honestly. Like they suck <laughs> the they suck we don't really have to go plot by plot at this point but they essentially suck the force out of people and it looks like a ball so it looks like if you've green orb yeah like if you've watched the phantom menace it looks like the ball where um you know at the end with the gungans and he says peace um baznaz i believe Mm -hmm. it it looks like that ball that he it's has in green. his hand. Yeah. And it also looks like the bright star, which is in um, Vader Immortal. And yeah, I think obviously that obviously we know that that's the force. Like it's probably the thing that Baz Nas has is probably the force or something. And so does uh, the bright star. That's the force. And once they take the living, they're stealing the living force away from these people. So um, yeah, and it becomes a ball. Yeah, they, they like, kind of put this, they put these mystics kind of, like, into this trance, and they push them off, like, the pyramid, and they slide down all the way to the bottom, and that's when this device or some sort of, like, electricity thing or whatever, like, electrocutes them and takes the living force out of them and transfers it to the ball. So it almost is kind of like, like a... I don't know how you call it, like the engine in Vader Immortal. Sure. Yeah, to the kind of like to use the bright star in a way. Yeah, and like it's so interesting because um, you know uh, Jar Jar, they're gonna take his force too, and they're sedating him or they're trying to like get him to um, they're trying to suck his force away the same way they did with the other Dagoyan master who just disappeared by the way he kind of like smashed into pieces whenever he died whenever well, they his took... they didn't really show what happened to his body it just kind of like yeah. went limp I think yeah so he just died and yeah. I'm sure there there was no medical reason for him to die and she just he, <laughs> he just lost, lost the will, will to live, will live right <laughs> and um, so Jar Jar is um He's being sacrificed, and he's like, uh, Misa, not big of the Force. Uh, and then the Frangal guy, he says that the Force resides within all living things. What little you have will be ours. They don't care if you have a they lot of Force or not. Yeah. So, finally, after this, they fly off the 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 clan, they, the Frangal clan, they fly off to a moon, and then, you know, Mace and Jar Jar, they go back to the 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 goyan people and well before all this like 
Mace Windu comes in and saves Jar Jar before he's sacrificed. Yeah, yeah. So he's saved by Mace, and um, it's interesting because the 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 Dagoians they say that the demonic cult of Malmural is active once again. <laughs> if they steal the essence of the queen, darkness will fall across the stars. That wording is so so <laughs> so like it's done you could on literally purpose. just re- you can replace Malmural with like Sith and it make the same like sense it's the same <laughs> thing because the Malmural are what the sith are to the jedi like what the or at least the, the the frangal clan um they're the same thing at as the sith for the jedi like or for the the goyans and it's like across the stars if like what <laughs> like <laughs> it's like who, who talks like that except for when it's about like we know a- across know. the stars has the like it's the ultimate like love song we know who is it it's for it's <laughs> yes in the star wars canon using across the stars isn't like on accident it's not a joke it's like trying this to tell you something joke. this is my life <laughs> <laughs> so basically jar jar at the end of this first episode we're only at the end of the episode he's basically like you know we're gonna get him and we're gonna get the queen back and you know with mace windu and all the dagoyans are so happy so they're like yeah let's let's go go save the queen on the moon or the moon of this planet um and that's pretty much it's funny because then at the end mace kind of says jar jar maybe it's this place but you're starting to make sense to me <laughs> like mace yeah. is kind of learning here and he's thinking okay maybe what jar jar has it's not as crazy as i thought it's just new to him it's new to mace for sure yeah Yeah. so then the next episode is the part two so also um i want to point out that the calling card is for this one it's i don't think i wrote it down for the first one but for this one the quote card said says wisdom is born in fools as well as wise men so it's kind of like showing like oh yeah you know um jar jar smart yeah and so, and in the first one it said uh something like without darkness there can be no light oh really oh yeah mm-hmm. wow <laughs> i mean so here jar jar is explaining what happened to mace i believe and he says that the cultists took one of the dagoyan masters and sacrificed him he's a god all crispy fried and then they stole the force right out of them and put it in a ball and May says that the cultists couldn't exploit the living force like a Jedi or a Sith. I says I sense something else, a darker presence. And um yeah, and he also says like they're trying to find the coordinates to find the queen on the moon. And he says, if we find the sphere, we will find the queen. And I know that this isn't, I know this is a horrible reach, but it reminded <laughs> me of how if they found Ray, they found, if they found BB-8, they would find Ray, like, because she had BB-8. And I know it's not the same thing, but it's just like all these phrases that they're using are so on purpose, like, 
what at this point like- i'm pretty sure that the bb8 like this was this came out 2014 so i'm pretty sure they were already working on bb8's design but like i don't know maybe i know this is a horrible reach but it's kind of <laughs> like when i heard that i was like oh my god ray and bb8 <laughs> bb8 i mean maybe my thoughts are also equally as far-reaching but what if like i'm thinking of the spear is like okay the living force like if they find the living force and maybe what if like in trust once palpatine is defeated and the living force is free and you know maybe he's taking it but now it's free what if padme comes out like somehow she i don't know maybe she presents herself to like whoever like ray or kylo and that's how they find her again I don't know. Like like you said, like it's a because far like reach. in the Vader Immortal, remember how the you know Lord Corvax was in stuck between two worlds because Lady Corvax tried to resuscitate him and took the living force from Mustafar or the bright star from Mustafar. Mm-hmm. I think it could be similar. Like maybe once Ray and Kylo. F- or if Kylo's still alive, but maybe this is like best case scenario. What if Ray and Kylo come back together and they're able to finally free Padme, like from yes. whatever she, she's hold, like wherever she's at? So I don't know. It could be, and I don't think that I don't even think that that's kind of like a detriment to like reincarnation because I feel like you like Ang. He had all those living inside him, so. I don't know. I guess it depends on how Star Wars, if they do it, how they want to um, define it. And how do they want to define, like, how reincarnation works or whatever. But it might not happen, but it's still, like, this is, like, still telling me a lot about Padme. Because, essentially, this is a, a big metaphorical way of talking about the skywalker story in terms of revenge of the sith it's really interesting it's kind of like a mortis type episode only Mm. this is more you know it's more basic it's more broken down for you to understand (laughs) right right like it's really like breaking it down for you just in a different context yeah so after they um you know after they put in the coordinates and they finally find the queen so they have um they pan to where the queen where queen julia is and one of the frangal clan people he says that he will arrive too late to save the queen i have seen it in my visions once the great mother is in possession of the sphere she will combine her powers with the living force and a new order will rise um this (laughs) reminds me okay so he will be he will arrive too late to save the queen (laughs) reminds me of anakin or vader like being like arriving basically like being ready too late to save padme because at that point is where you know what i'm talking about like whenever he's being built is also where padme's dying and he has seen it in his visions but obviously he's wrong because queen the queen is saved so the the force is showing him something it's just not it's not in the right context and it's so funny because okay they use the term the great mother and there, that's actually a psychological term so um so it's like an archetype it's a Jungian type of archetype or whatever or a student of young ha- coined it and um so it's essentially the personification of the 
I'm reading a definition here. So it represents the fertile womb out of which all life comes out of and the darkness of the grave of to which it returns. So it's both like the negative destructive aspects that like it appears like a devouring mouth or a vagina dentata. And it's so funny because Mother Talzin literally fits that description. And I know that Star Wars knows about all this psychological stuff. So I know that this is on purpose. And I don't know. I just found that so interesting. So Mother Talzin is like a night sister. And she's so basically the the Frangal, they're worshiping her as well. They're calling her the Great Mother. And... The reason why they want the queen and why they they finally I think that they yeah like whenever they took the queen so they abandoned their post over there with all the Dagoyan masters in the cages and they just took the queen <laughs> yeah. and it's they said that um as the spiritual or I think this is Mace Windu and um because Jar Jar we're going back to the ship and you know Jar Jar asks why they would take the queen and it's she may says as the spiritual leader of her people the living force inside the queen must be very powerful whoever the great mother is she wants that power and then you know uh jar jar says well we shall not let them have queenie's force oh my god <laughs> let me read that again as the spiritual leader of her people the living force inside the queen must be very powerful Whoever the great mother is, she wants that power. What does this remind you of, Melissa? Oof. I mean, Pat. Of course, Padme. <laughs> I'm it being so with, weird um, about this, but it's Smadme? like. Smadme? <laughs> Smadme. Sadme, who Sadme. just died because she lost the will to live, even though she was medically healthy and had a lot going for her in terms of her children being born. Uh, yeah. Ugh. it freaks me out how much of a, how we have what we've talked about like is kind of confirmed in this episode These quotes man they're like revealing everything they're spoiling the whole the whole saga yeah so basically the living force inside the queen must be very powerful now we know that george lucas went back and forth between adding quotes that had Padme being like really strong with the force like in Attack of the Clones you know um, Yoda in the opening scene was going to tell Padme that um, the the force was really strong in her and then in you know the Revenge of the or in Revenge of the Sith it was going to be that Padme was going to be like struggling with the f- amount of force she has because she has the babies inside of her so Ultimately, I feel like the spiritual leader of her people, like, sure, it could mean, like, the Naboo and, you know, being the senator of her country or her pa- or her planet. But I ultimately, I go with, like, she's the spiritual leader of the Skywalker family. Essentially, like, definitely she's Anakin. She's, like, the mother, you know. She's, she's the she mother. The, the mother. Yeah, for sure. And, in, and especially we see this with Anakin. Like, she's the... She's basic. He basically worships her in maybe not the best healthy way, but you know you can take that as the way he acts about her to be like he's you know very devoted to her and stuff. So him being the chosen one, basically being in love with Padme, probably makes her living force very strong. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just say wow? Yes. <laughs> Are you freaked out? Like, wow. Deep. Uh, Man, like, this episode, bro. It's just basically, bro. like, so confirmed for me. I just don't even, like, I'm not even surprised at the yeah. rest of this episode. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of surprised, but it's kind of like we've been talking about this in speculative terms, but here it is saying, hey, you're completely correct. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> If it, but like watch it actually be confirmed like in the theater and my soul just ascends <laughs> into the ceiling. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And then like in the episode, um, this is whenever the mother Talzin, she's introduced already as a great mother and she's talking to the queen and she's saying as a Bardo, she's talking to the queen and she's saying as a Bardodan, you possess a strong connection to the living force, a connection that will now be mine. And it says with the combined power of your spirit and my dark magic, I will become more powerful than any Sith or Jedi. Who um, does that sound like? Oh my God. Who does that sound Palpatine. like? Palpatine. <laughs> Mother Talzin is the uh, metaphorical, um, you know, replacement for Palpatine in this episode. And you possess a strong connection to the living force is essentially like, I mean, obviously with Anakin, I don't think he was able to take her force or his force. Sorry. I don't think he was. I don't think Palpatine was able to take Anakin's force, but he definitely did some weird juju with, um, Padme so it's like wow like and obviously he targeted her because she was probably like whenever she like was dying she was dying as she was giving birth so it's like they were like you know what I mean yeah like this was a very vulnerable time for her yeah oh my god it's always interesting it's always interesting how George kind of puts those two events together like her giving birth at the same time as uh as Anik or vader being born like because that yeah. didn't have to happen no but he totally tried to show like some sort of like circle of life type of thing you know what i definitely. mean definitely like and bo- like death and rebirth and all that yeah rebirth right definitely and so basically the way that they're taking the queen's force is that it says upon that tower rests the device that can harness the energy of the sun. Come on. <laughs> like, this is even before The Force Awakens came out. I know. And they be, they're, they're spilling it all here. Wait, already. wait, wait, wait. Dude, if this was whenever the development of... Um, if this was made when the development of The Force Awakens was happening and the, the energy of something can, can harness the energy of the sun is said here, maybe it's not so crazy to say that the if we find the sphere, we find the queen is about um, is about Rey and BB-8. I'm just saying. <laughs> you really want this to be true. Well, I mean, it, it definitely confirms reincarnation theory a bit. So, but... No. I get you. Yeah. Oh. We're shown okay, so basically they uh Mace Windu and um Jar Jar, they end up on camels. Like they fight in the there's a fight inside of the um I believe there's a square and like a town square area where they find uh they fight these people who are um 
they're basically i guess on team mother Talzin. i think it's kind of the it's is it the they're part of the cultists who yeah, try yeah. to they they try to stop jar jar and mace and they can't but um they are end up on like these horses and they're traveling in the desert so it really 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 re- reminds me of um you know the the three uh what's it called the three kings the three mm-hmm. yeah, the nativity like the, stuff yeah with the jesus birth of jesus and the three kings coming to visit him after his birth yeah only it's jar jar it's only jar jar and mace sorry your birthday's so lame jesus oh my god i could That's imagine quote fan from- art for this right now <laughs> they're coming to see baby yoda no but like essentially and um basically the queen it's shown like on binoculars that the queen is like a, it's she's like in a cross position like she's about to be like her force is about to be sucked out of her and they're using an old-timey device to take the energy from the sun it's kind of like uh these magnifying glasses that are all gonna align at one point and that's when they'll take the um queen's force and it's so interesting that they need a f- they need the sun they need the sun to take the energy they from need the, the queen suns. the sun yeah the twin yeah. suns no, I is think that this was just one moons? sun, but I feel you. There's twins, there's twin moons here for oh, sure. Okay. So I mean, it can pretty much mean the same thing. But, you know. Whatever. No, I totally agree. Um, but yeah, and then so they fight the Jar Jar and the then Mace obviously save the Queen, and Mother Talzin. She kind of dissolves and um she's essentially dead uh she goes into the spirit realm so she's not 100 percent dead here but uh for all intents and purposes something happens to her and she isn't able to get the queen's force and then queenie tells jar jar that um she what she wanted to tell him before she disappeared was that she saw the witch when she looked into the force and you know may saved the day and the queen is basically like to mace she's like perhaps this is a new beginning between the Bar- bardodans and the jedi so yeah so it's interesting that's the episode that's um it. yeah what did you think melissa uh did we talk about what he said about the the quote about the shadow will come the great mother she'll deal with you no you can go ahead and so when uh, Mace and Jar Jar come up to this place in the second episode, they meet that um, the other cult person before they get there. And basically Mace Windu asks, like, why are you stealing the living force? And he said, the shadow will come. The great mother, she will deal with you, Jedi. You will see. Um, I just think it's weird how they called her the shadow. The shadow yeah. will come. The great mother. That's another Jungian term, obviously. The shadow yeah. and the great mother. So it's like, it's interesting because like I said, the great mother could either mean, you know, the fertile womb and it also could mean darkness. So it makes sense in a way. But um, yeah. Yeah, I think um, this whole episode is like screaming in our face. Like, what is Yeah, it's happen? very metaphorical, but it's also very like, if you've thought about these things about like Padme's death and how weird it is, and if 
is it possible for Palpatine to take the force from her? Obviously, Palpatine wasn't like doing all these elaborate rituals, but it could be that he learned something and he figured out how to take it from where his location was. Because I definitely, especially because Mustafar is like a place that's super strong with the, you know, the Sith. So like Sith energy or whatever. But um, no, I um, it's crazy. Like, or at least the dark side of the force um, with Mustafar, or at least I thought it was. It used to be. I don't know if it's still, <laughs> I don't know if that's still canon with uh, Vader Immortal, but um, yeah, yeah. like, if you're thinking about this in metaphorical terms, in terms of Padme and her death and, you know, what could have happened to her, here is a, I think it's a sufficient enough episode to give you, like, at least guiding a guiding hand to what might have happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, because even <laughs> though she wasn't force sensitive, it's still like she still had. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. she was very powerful in the force. She may not have been force sensitive, but she like you know just the fact that like Anakin was like super drawn to her. Are you an angel? Like he felt something very strong within her at least like he felt love obviously and what is the force if it's not just love like the living force is love like i don't know right i think um it's so interesting how if the living force is love and if let's say palpatine or the mother or somebody evil wants to take it and use it for their own benefit like maybe twisting it and tainting it for their own personal benefit yeah. like i guess that makes sense because you know palpatine he's the one who orchestrated padme and anakin's like relationship so he yeah. in a way you could say like well he stole if the living force is love like he stole that from them and used it exactly definitely exactly these oh stole their love i had a galaxy brain moment <laughs> but it's true that's what happened like he tainted their love and he's trying to taint the force yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. so i you know we we um we started trying to record this episode yesterday the things got in the way but we had like something else come up today that pretty much kind of confirmed it for us you know because we thought like this was a really cool thing that we found and we're like all right well maybe this will happen maybe not but i think it's cool but, um, yeah, like before um, you read it out, I just want to say it's not a leak. It's a translation of a warning from like a Swedish theater uh, for the Rise of Skywalker. So it's not a leak. It's just, uh, yeah, again, it's, it's just a warning for. Yeah, it's, it's like a chill. It's a warning for children, essentially. Yeah, it's a warning about, you know, just the it's explaining the rating of the movie. And um, again, if you don't want to hear it, if if you feel like it's still a leak, you can cut out now. But this is what it basically said. It was it, it was in Swede, uh, it's a Swedish theater, and this is the translation. And I even checked the translation because I didn't translate it initially. But I found I saw somebody sent it in like a Discord, and I translated it myself to make sure it actually said this because <laughs> I didn't want to look like a clown. Um, so part of the warning says the presentation features elements of frightening and intimidating moods. Battles with shootings and people pierced by laser swords, intense space battles, powerful explosions, and crashing spaceships, as well as a terrifying man 
who draws the life force out of people. <laughs> and I made sure it actually said life force and not like something else. But the translation that I've got is actually life force. Yeah. So I'd found that today and I immediately texted Danny and um, started screaming. <laughs> Because that's like, that's it. That's what Palpatine is going to do. He's going to try to take the life force out of, I don't know, probably Kylo and Rey. And maybe to, you know, like what Mother Talzin wants to do. She wants to become immortal and become so powerful. And that's probably what Palpatine wants because he always wants that. He's wanted that since the beginning. And he, you know, who knows how he came back from being tossed off you know, the to into the reactor of the Death Star, but, you know, he's powerful. He knows probably by then how to save himself from dying because he knew Plagius and he learned from him. So this is probably how he's going to try to want to live forever because, you know, in the Rebels... Or just, like, kind of... um, It's kind of like, yeah, live forever, but also he just wants to be the Force. He wants, he wants to, to be the be Force. Like God, He wants to know? control the Force. He wants, like... He wants to possess everything like it's he wants everything like everything like kill he wants to like taint everything because he doesn't uh, he doesn't know anything else besides wanting that so it's so interesting yeah i think if if i'm sitting in a theater and somebody says that Palpatine's trying to take like the life force out of somebody or the living force. I feel like they're not gonna say it. They're no, gonna do it. They're, gonna they're just gonna straight up us. do it. And I'm gonna like scream and I'll probably be kicked out, but I'm gonna die. Like Ugh, I feel like this is just validation. And at first I thought this was like a little bit of a crack theory because we had no other like validation when we started talking about this episode, but now after this comes out today. I think it actually holds a lot of water. Yeah. Ugh. Oh my god. We'll find out in 10 days. <laughs> yeah, Tross is in like 10 days. Wow. It's Right now we're recording it on a Monday. So the Monday before the week of Tross. So woohoo. Is there anything else that you wanted to say about this episode? I hope that we didn't bore people with our like play 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 like playbacks essentially scene backs play by play where we describe each scene towards the end we kind of were like it's not necessary anymore because we were just going to do the important quotes but if you guys i hope if you guys like reach the end of this episode you guys go back and watch episode uh nine and episode eight and nine of season six of the clone wars because it's it has a lot of it has it's a rich text in episode like in in the force and in what it tells us so uh if you guys essentially it's uh, essentially if you want to like figure out that like there's evidence for palpatine stealing uh, padme's mm. force and that's how she died um yeah because like if you don't have force what do you have nothing <laughs> essentially so right um yeah pretty much dead yeah so justice for padme if if episode nine doesn't doesn't deal with that in any kind of way i'm gonna be pissed (laughs) no i I, I don't want to say that it has to check these boxes for me but it has to do that because that's one of the biggest unresolved mysteries of i mean i mean we've heard chris terrio talk 
and we yeah, heard he did mention it so he he knows <laughs> he knows yeah, he mentioned there's loose threads in the prequels and everywhere else and they jj and him sat in a room and they with whiteboards everywhere and they were trying to see where they felt in each movie where stuff was not answered so yeah i have faith in terry yeah yeah, yeah same and yeah all i have them. Yeah. All right. So if you guys want to follow Jakku Broadcast on Twitter, go to Jakku Broadcast. Um, and you can follow me at Mortis Gods. And how can we find you, Melissa? Abandon Porg on Twitter, Abandon Sock on Tumblr. All right. So thank you guys for listening to this very kind of long episode about uh, these two episodes of The Clone Wars. Please check them out. Like, they're so vital. Probably I think. before Trust, too. And hopefully we're proven right. But even if <laughs> we're not, the. I feel like we will be proven right just because what's the point of these episodes if not to set up something for the future? Because it's not like they bring her back. They never bring the queen back for any kind of, you know? Like, right. And this was obviously meant to tell us a story somehow. Yeah, because a metaphorical story. Because we never see these characters again. And I mean like the queenie or the other Degoyans, like they never show up again, I don't think. so. Yeah, was... so they were just there like in a metaphorical sense you could say right. and also anakin isn't in this episode and there's obi-wan is just there to like give the assignment i guess but um yeah. yeah so thank you guys for listening and you guys have a great day and yay trust is almost here yay bye right, bye <laughs>